boys and girls the boys are back all the way from Lancaster Pennsylvania all the way from central New Jersey it is JD and Matt once again the boys are back but JD most importantly the English Premier League is back the second best league behind the MLS is returning to our lives oh my god just inject it right into my veins Dude, yeah, it's going to be fucking dope this weekend. I'm so excited. Going down to Maryland. Going to watch uh, most of the games with a good friend of mine who's very big in the soccer world, or on, on the soccer world. But, uh, yeah, um, Matt, I see that you just got home from Nashville. Did you have a great time on vacation? Oh, dude, I almost didn't leave. I literally, like, it came down to the final days. It's the and best looking, city. And it's I'm, the best I city in at, the world. I, I looked at my wife, and I was just like, we don't, like... We don't have to go, right? Like, our jobs exist in this state, too. Dude, I cannot believe how much fun I can have in, like, a three-day period. But my goodness. JD, I am 100% for eating healthy, you know, putting good into your body. But I believe for three straight days, the only things that I consumed were smoked meats. Oh, yeah. craft, Craft beer. And surprisingly donuts nashville apparently is a big donut area i had whiskey covered glazed donuts i was getting drunk while getting sugar high this was weird to me but i'm gonna turn it to you you as i went south you went north so how was your trip to uh big poppy land up there in boston um well yeah i went up to boston for my, my birthday was over the weekend and what better way to spend it than to spend it with kev pettit from lads podcast uh who lives in boston uh, I've, I've met him up there before but i just basically told him it's like yo i'm coming up uh do i got a couch and even better than that he got a bed for me in southie and we had a blast we got drunk most of the time went candle pin bowling whatever the fuck that is um it's like normal bowling but with smaller balls and smaller pins i don't know it was really fun uh he and his girlfriend were great um and then we went to the philadelphia union versus new england revolution game at gillette stadium which was dope Uh, unfortunately the union lost but it was some bullshit calls from the ref but i won't get more into that it was great it was a great weekend overall let's be real here let's be real you got to see the first first team goal scored by one uh, uh, an aronson but not the oldest of the aronsons you got to see a worldy goal by paxton aronson in front of your own two eyes uh dude it was amazing that, yeah that that right there alone i think you know you look at the scoreboard and, and you're like yeah that was the that was that was the first live anything like performance like concert or, or sporting event that i've been to since before covid so I got to experience $13 beers again. Let's fucking oh, go. Bought I'm two t- of them. I'm, I'm, tell- I'm, I'm telling you right now, be, being an MLS season ticket holder and having gone to a concert or two and have gone to a couple games, that is probably the one 
thing I really, really do not miss. But something I did miss, JD, something we both missed is we're going to talk a little Premier League, little transfers here or there, but we are going to dive deep in. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is our EPL preview episode going into week one it's going to be a little bit longer a lot of topics to talk about we are going to break down some serious rankings who's in who's out who's up and who's going right back down yes ladies and gentlemen but first jack Grealish is officially a manchester city player i believe we discussed this briefly over the last episode but it is 100 confirmed jd really my only question to you is this is an embarrassment of riches because Manchester City now just seem to have all these midfielders. They have some some who can go out on the wings here or there. You know, I, I felt that when Sergio Aguero went out, Manchester City would kind of need to go find a striker, a true number nine. But it seems that Pep is true to his word, can't afford a striker. So he went out and spent $100 million on another midfielder. Who starts and who doesn't start for this Manchester City side? Here's the thing. I, I think Guardiola is set on what he used last season with Aguero being out and, and it being his last season. He really he really focused on using the false nine formation where putting Phil Foden or Sterling at times like in that striker position, but, but really has more of a, a deep-lying attacking midfielder or, or a farther up attacking midfielder, I should say. And I think that's what he's going for this season overall. Buying Jack Grealish, you just have so much depth in that formation because Grealish, Bernardo Silva, Sterling, Foden, Gundogan can play a little higher. Um, who am I missing? I I don't even remember who I'm missing. I mean, and then you have Gabriel Jesus, of course, and, and, who and is a good and, false nine. I you can rotate those players from the wings to that false nine position. And in the attacking midfielder position, I, I think that's really what he's going for mostly. Like, really, just that, like, no centralized striker, but kind of like Liverpool over the well, not as much now, but a couple seasons ago with Liverpool with Mane, Salah, and Firmino, where really all three of them along the front and Coutinho at times when he was playing attacking midfield position uh, a couple years ago you never knew where they were going to end up. Like they would start in one spot, but they would be fluid. They'd be moving left and right. Like Mane would start on the left and he'd end up on the right and then in center and then in the midfield at times. And I think that's what Guardiola is kind of going for, um, especially with getting Grealish. Cause I, I think he starts, I think he has to, he has to start a hundred million pounds. Yeah. He, he has Absolutely. to start over a Bernardo Silva or somebody like that. Well, apparently Bernardo Silva is one of the people on the list of City players going out. But yes, JD, I agree with you 100%. If Jack Grealish does not start on the left wing, I, I feel like this is becoming a little bit on the like criminally embarrassing, if that makes any sense, that Manchester City would go out and spend $100 million on a guy who doesn't start. Uh, that's some messed up shit I would expect Manchester United to do. But... Hey, we go from there. Week one is only a few days away. We'll see what happens, and we'll discuss it then. But, JD, as our, we have a lot of fan questions coming up as well at the end of the episode, I took a little peek about some of those questions. And one of those questions was, and we'll just dive into the actual being of it later, is that you and I cannot predict a transfer. Uh, Romelu Lukaku is going to Chelsea. Uh, you and I rated that only a few weeks ago being almost non-existent. Uh, yeah, 
Fabrizio Romano. Uh, some say a tap-in tap in merchant when it comes to transfers. I consider him basically my god. Giving the here we go to Romelu Lukaku has already processed one part of his medical. By the time you hear this on Thursday, he might have already been announced as a Chelsea player. I, I, I gotta ask you right off the bat, are we going to get somewhat sometimes struggling Lukaku that you've seen on and on again and off again in the Premier League? Or are we going to get Inter Milan's perfect Corvette? I mean, I'm sorry, Corvette. That's an embarrassment to Lukaku. The Ferrari of strikers that Lukaku has been in Serie A. Which one do you think Chelsea is getting? Well, I think Serie A suits his play style a fuck ton better. So I... Look, don't get me wrong. He has experience, or plenty of experience in the Premier League, m- more so than in Italy, but some of it was really good. Some of it was not great. I mean, his Everton days were great. United, not so much. And I, I don't know what to expect. Just, just off of that, I, I don't know what to expect. He, he could come in and win the Golden Boot. Or he could look like he did for United and be okay, but not really anything special. For $100 million, I... I or more than more than 100 million i 100 i think it said like something around like 115 million dollars my he, goodness look lukaku is gonna go down as one of the most overall expensive players ever based on transfer fees because what what did he cost from everton he went to everton from chelsea for like th- and... i think it was like th- i think it was like something around 13 million dollars so basically yeah. i mean I don't ever want to hear another joke about Man United spending 80-something plus million dollars to get Paul Pogba back uh, when Chelsea literally just spent over $100 million on a player who was literally already theirs. I, I, that's yeah. the only that's well, the only they, thing I'm going to say here. But the thing is, it was like 13 mil to Everton and then, what, 75 mil from like to United? Yep, I think it was something around then, that ballpark. And then and how then, much was it... How, how much I think was it around, to enter? I think United made like five million dollars. I think it was like an eighty million dollar transfer yeah. or something. And then and then now a plus one hundred mil transfer deal to Chelsea. It's like this guy is just. I, I mean, he he's been I, so up and down. I, I I'm afraid that Chelsea is looking at this as we don't want another De Bruyne or Salah on our hands. We want to get this guy back that we know is good. And I'm afraid he's not going to live up to that price tag. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna flop. I, I, I he's a he's a very naturally gifted goal scorer, but it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a lot tougher than Syria for for his place now. I, I just I, I I don't think he's gonna be worth what Chelsea paid for him. I have a little bit of like a pro and con on this situation. One, I think Chelsea, I think this was a fantastic move for Chelsea because all season we had the it could be. up and it down. Could be. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, no, I, I'm not arguing with what you said. I just have like kind of a couple devil's advocate like ideas about this. I'm going to start with the negative and then I'm going to finish with the positive. The negative here is that is a lot of money on a striker. And Romelu Lukaku had his struggles in the Premier League on occasions with the more physical defenders in this league. The English Premier League is known for being an extremely physical league, especially on the defensive side. I have had conversations with those who are heavily involved in Serie A, some who run podcasts, some who are just advocate fans of the league. 
it is no surprise, and they take no insult when they say, Serie A defending does not hold a candle to what the Premier League defenders have to offer. There is no equivalent. Let's just, let's friendly remind ourselves here that Chris Smalling at one point was considered one of the better defenders in Serie A. This is a guy who, even before Harry Maguire, was maybe the second or third best defender on Manchester United alone. Again, it's, these are just ideas and thoughts th thrown out into the universe. That's the negative. I feel like the league is just a little too physical for Romelu Lukaku. I think he'll still do well. Now I'm going to switch it to the positives. Could you imagine a front three with Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, all feeding the ball to Romelu Lukaku? Let's, uh, I don't want to hear about Manchester City's front four. I don't want to hear about Man United's front four. I don't even want to hear about Liverpool's front four. I want to hear about how, like, quietly overnight, and again, it's not quietly, how in just a few weeks, City, uh, Chelsea went from a team that, oh, I, we don't know if it'll all get put together. I don't know if they can make the run again. I now think Chelsea are in the driver's seat, but we are going to talk about that going up. Because, guys, we are now officially in preview mode. We are hours away from Brentford versus Arsenal to start the season on Friday afternoon. But, guys, we're going to give a little bit of our predictions going in. We are going to start off with breaking down our top six clubs going into what we think the top six will finish by the end of the year. JD and I have not told each other what our picks are. So what we are going to do is we are going to start each at six. And then, one at a time, work our way up the board. So, JD, I'll have you start. We'll kind of do the whole snake thing. We'll go that, like, back and forth, back and forth kind of thing. So, JD, I'm going to start it off with you. Who do you believe is going to secure that last Europa League spot? Um, I think Tottenham will do one league position better than they did last season. Solely because they kept Kane. Okay. And and funny enough, funny enough, I agree with you 100%. I think Spurs by I I think Nuno is an exciting coach. I think he's going to do a lot of good with that club. Um I just feel like managers after Josie do a really good job. Uh I believe Ryan Mason just didn't have enough time taking over a club in the middle of a season with everything going on. I think that's tough. And again, yes, I know people are going to also think, well, Harry Kane doesn't want to be here. Yeah, but this is also Harry Kane's boyhood club. This isn't a club he was just sold to. This is a club where he has a reputation and he wants to go out on his terms and him going out at the top of his career also knows if he balls out again like he did last year, Harry Kane will sell for $125 million. But... If Harry Kane has a stinker of a year or doesn't show up at all, Dan Levy will show no reason to want to sell him because he know he will not get that market value. So I agree, Spurs at number six, which leaves me to a team that for now the last two seasons in a row has locked in the number five position, and that's Leicester. I just don't think Leicester's got what it takes, but I'm going to make the joke that I think Leicester will spend a good chunk of the Premier League season in the top four and wait until the final month to bottle it. So, J.D., what about you? Who are you thinking in that number five spot? 
I agree with you, Matt, 100%. Leicester, I think they've made a lot of good... Well, over the years, they've had a lot of good transfer business done. This summer, they picked up Pats and Daka um, from uh, Rebel Salzburg, I believe. And I think that's a great signing because you, you have to be building for a future without Jamie Vardy. He's, I think he's going to be... He's either easy. He's either 34 now or he's going to be 34, I think. And he's going to lose his pace. I mean, he'll always have that that clinical composure in the final third. But he's getting older. You need to be getting young attackers in. And they did it with Kalechi Iheanacho, who has looked pretty good. And Pat Sadaka looks like a fucking player. He he looks really good. I mean, it wasn't. It, it, he was playing in the Austrian uh, Bundesliga, but he looked really fucking good with. Brendan Aronson feeding him goals. Uh, but I think that's a good pickup for them. Yuri Tielemans, uh, they didn't lose him this summer. That's that's good for them. I was hoping Liverpool would go for him, but, you know, whatever. We have plenty of midfielders, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and I I don't know. I, I, think, I think I agree with you a lot on this, where they're going to spend a lot of time in the top four, but... With what other t- with what the four teams above them in my list have done this summer, I I, I think they're just they're just gonna miss out. So, yeah, Leicester number five. All right, and then who do you think's coming in at four? Honestly, I'm gonna say Chelsea. I'm gonna say Ooh. Chelsea because you saw how they basically bottled third place last season. I mean, granted, Liverpool got really fucking lucky, but I. <sighs> I, I don't know. I does just throwing 115 million dollars or million pounds or whatever at a problem really ever solve it? Does it? Because uh, Timo Werner wasn't it last season. So yeah. So but, sure, you, you you throw 100 plus million at Lukaku. I I don't know if that solves maybe a bigger problem. I I don't know. You have so many good players, but it's it's not clicking like it should. Chelsea should be really challenging for the title. They should have challenged last season, and they didn't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have them in fourth, comfortably. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say comfortably in fourth, within like, within two games of Leicester. So at least six points above Leicester. All right. Well, I mean, I, I guess that leaves again. This is now where the disagreement was gonna happen. We knew it was gonna come and ev- come eventually. Um, I just think coming off of a very big injury year, um, so far really haven't made any big additions going forward at least, and now this team is starting to age, and I'm not saying age badly, I'm just saying father time is undefeated, and now we're starting to get to the time where I need to see if rock and roll can really last, and that's where I'm going to bring up Liverpool. I think Liverpool do come in on the number four spot, um, Bringing in Kanate at defense is huge. Bringing in, bringing back Virgil Van Dyke, getting that depth back at the defensive position is going to be huge. Trent Alexander Arnold will be able to actually play where he wants to play. Um, this is an entire off season for um, Thiago to actually be able to integrate himself into the lineup. I, I feel like there's a lot of what ifs. I think that's the key thing here. I think Liverpool will get Champions League. But the what-ifs is, I think they can get better. But the problem is, is it's those what-ifs. It's the what-ifs that really, really still kind of leave me like, 
I really can't move them higher up because of those what ifs. But that leaves me to my number three pick. And this is another what ifs because there's a lot of what ifs when it comes to this team still not having a holding midfielder. Yes, this team went really, really big in the transfer window this year. They finally got their guy. They ended up pulling a miracle as a defender. But... Still don't know their goalie situation. Still don't know how they're going to have the hold down the midfield with everyone else wanting to push forward. And now one of their star players, a couple of their star players could be out for an extended period of time. And that's that's Manchester United. And and yes, I'm a Manchester United fan who says we're going to regress this year. But I, I think you can still progress while regressing is there are still questions that have not been answered. I think, you know, the fact that a goal, the goaltending position should be one of the most clear-cut, we-know-who-our-guy-is in, in all of professional soccer. And if you listen to Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, I still have two number ones. What, 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 what does that mean? What, are we really going to play Dean Henderson on a Tuesday to play, you know, David De Gea on a Saturday? And what, are we just going to continue doing this rotation? That's not healthy for the defenders. I just... Again, it's what ifs, because I still think Manchester United and Liverpool both have that expectation of they'll just be able to go for it, but I just see that Manchester United added a little bit more than Liverpool did this year, and that's why I have Liverpool at four and United at three. So now, JD, you're number three and you're number two. My number three is also Manchester United. Oh, well, I, 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 I think getting Sancho finally was in the club's eye a like a great accomplishment but again throwing a hundred million pounds at a problem doesn't always solve it i i just the, these crazy just crazy amounts of money that teams throw at players because the teams they're buying from demand it i i just i i don't like sancho could be the the best player in the premier league i i don't know he he has the ability to do that i just don't always like i i I don't know. I, I think the price tag always just is o overshadows a player's performance when it, when it's that high. And I, I don't think Sancho is going to... He's going to be good. He's going to be very good for United. I just don't think he's going to be 100 million pounds good. I, I just... I uh, I don't know. And I, getting getting Rafael Varane was good. I mean, that that's just a very sensible signing. I'm not used to United making those signings. I'm just Me not. neither. I, they they don't do it very often. What 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 did they get him for? Thirty five or forty? It was no. like around. It was around. It was around forty mil. So basically, great deal. The, great deal. The, the joke that even Man United fans are making right now is last year Jaden Sancho was like around one hundred and fifteen million dollars. That's what it would have cost. This year for one hundred and fifteen million dollars, we got both Sancho and Veron. Like that's oh the joke. how much. How much did you get for for uh, how much did you pay for Sancho? Wasn't it around like seventy five million dollars? They ended up making oh, a they made, yeah they, maybe it was yeah you're right I was saying well, hundred mil yeah you're right it was well, less than hundred mil it was no it was less but I mean no keep going keep going keep going no I I just I, I think United are going to definitely improve on how they played last season but I I I think third is good I, I, I think third's you. good and. The, the reason I have them there is because of who I have in second, which is Liverpool. I think Liverpool improved dramatically this season. And bias aside, anybody can look at this team and say, wow, they are 
four times better because Van Dyke is back, fit, and healthy. And not just Van Dyke, Joe Gomez. You have Joel Matic back playing well in preseason. And then you have Ibrahima Konate playing really well in preseason. I mean, and that's preseason. It's not nothing crazy to go off of, but it's 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 a good sign. Then Diogo Jota looked amazing in preseason. Takumi Minamino scored like three or four goals in preseason. And, and again, I know it's preseason, but still that's that's does wonders for his confidence. Like Firmino scored a couple the other day. I Salah actually didn't score in preseason. But I, you know, whatever he's he's gonna he's gonna get twenty in the, I was in the about league. To you say, know he is. He's yeah, done it the last four years. Yeah, right? I, you, you know he's going to. Mane got a couple. I I don't know. And and Thiago, like you said earlier, Thiago with a full preseason. Well, not a full preseason because of because of the Euros, but a lot more time to integrate into the team. Henderson coming back. I it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season for Liverpool. I think bar any ridiculous injuries like last year last season was ridiculous because like van dyke's injury was solely down to the worst challenge pickford could have possibly put on somebody like that's that's not a, an injury that makes him injury prone like <laughs> that was the solely on the challenge that he took and then joe gomez can be considered injury prone same with matsip but that's why you bring Konate and my biggest thing with Liverpool this season, Harvey fucking Elliott. He is 18 years old, had a great loan last season at Blackburn Rovers. Honestly, I just seriously, like, yes, I'm a, I'm a huge Liverpool fan. That's why I know like so much about him. But look, just look up his highlights from Blackburn Rovers last season. I He looks amazing at 18. As a, really a winger, but Klopp's been playing him in preseason in like an attacking midfield role, and he has looked fantastic. So I bias is showing. I know, fuck it, whatever. But Elliot looks really good at a very young age, and you know, Trent's back. Uh, Robertson is going to be injured the first couple games, but Costas Simikas, the Greek god. Is going to be playing the first couple seasons, dude. You have, yeah, yeah, yeah. The looks Matt Matt is giving me right now. Uh, no, Simikas looks pretty good. JD, uh, he looks like a very good replacement for Robinson. JD just term. JD just put a guy that they picked up from I think what Olympiacos. Olympiacos for like, for like fifteen mil. He just he just less, put less, him like eight mil. <laughs> he just put him in the same conversation as Giannis. From the Milwaukee Bucks being like, yeah, it's basically like an even 1A1B situation. Dude, just wait. Just ju- just fucking wait. He has all been right. electric in preseason. Alright, well, I guess but that right, leaves I I guess that leaves me to my number two. Wait. Yeah, you just gave your number two, right? Oh, we're having too much yes. fun here. Okay. Yes. You just gave your number two, which means I'm giving my number two and my number one. Now, here we go, boys. I got some controversy a brewing. I think Jack Grealish actually might cause a problem for City because I believe it is embarrassment of riches and there is only one ball and Jack Grealish requires the ball at his foot 90% of the time to do what he needs to do. And when you play in a lineup that has some of the pieces Man City has, I worry. Manchester City will finish second this year, leaving Chelsea... As long as they acquire Romelu Lukaku, which everything seems to be good in the world, I think with the way how defensively sound this team was, how 
calm, cool, and collected they are in the midfield. And Golo Kante is still the best number six in world football. Follow it up by being able to bring in a guy who is basically going to almost guarantee you 20 goals when he first gets off the, you know, plane. I, I just, I, I think, I think Chelsea now officially have too many weapons and are too defensively sound to not ignore the fact that, in my opinion, they are the front runners to win the Premier League season this year. Now, JD, only one team is left for you. So why do you believe your team is going to win it? Well, uh, in first place, I have Brentford. Um, I just think... Whoa! Right, right, right off the bat, coming up to the Premier League. Cancel. Uh, I think Cancel they're just, it all. They're, they're just going to tear apart this league. First season in forever. I No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Manchester City are going to win the league. Uh, it's... I, I've like well, I've said it already a couple times in this episode that throwing 100 million pounds at a problem is a, might not fix it. The problem is City they threw 100 million pounds at a problem that didn't need fixing, and they showed mostly towards the end of last season why that false nine formation that I was talking about earlier can really work. And Jack Relish I think will fit really well in that system. I think he will. He can play. He can play that false nine. He can play out on the wing. He can play as a cam, as a number ten. I, he, they just have so much depth. They have a first team, and then they have a second team that would beat half the Premier League. And I, I think that's really what's worked out for them over the years. Just that depth, and I, I just, like, I would love, I would love not to have City win the league again. But I, if I'm just predicting it right now, I'm, I'm going to say Manchester City. All right. Well, I'm telling you right now, I mean, we had some very similar back and forth. I mean, honestly, your six teams and my six teams, we all had the same six teams. So roughly, we're in the ballpark on who we're going to be there. It's really going to be up to them to decide one through six who is going to go and stay in Champions League and then Europa League and then that other new conference that I'm really not going to pay attention to unless Man United happened to fall into that god Lord, hope that does not happen. Now, the most exciting part about English Premier League soccer, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's not who gets to lift the trophy, it's who gets to go back down to the championship. Now, JD, we can do this either two ways. We can either go one at a time, or I can just say my three, and you can just say your three. So I'll let you decide how we kind of just do this from this point. Yeah, I'm just going to say the three teams that are going down for me. Right, go for um, it's, it. It's Watford, Brentford, and Southampton. And the, I mean, the biggest name on that list, of, I like compared to recent seasons, is Southampton. And I think losing Ings and losing, um, what's his face? Not bad. Ve- they just they just lost Vestigard. Yes, you are correct. Vestigard, Vestigard. I, I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, losing losing Ings and Vestigard, and I, it just in, in the space of two weeks, I. That's that's really bad because they really don't have time to replace him. I mean, they they signed somebody either today or yesterday. They signed somebody that looked okay, but I I, I couldn't even tell you who it was. I just remember they signed somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I I it's not looking good for them. Che Adams. I, I'm done bleeping his name. I just, I just Che Adams is not it. He, he's just not. Hold on. Should, should I should I write that down to bleep it out later or? No, no, I, I don't care. I don't. I don't feel like doing it anymore. I, it's just, it's just work. 
And this podcast is not about working. It's about having fun with my friend. And Aww. yeah, Che Adams is just not it. Um, James Ward Prowse is an amazing player, and he'll be even more amazing when he gets sold to a better team when Southampton go down this season. So, God, Brentford, God, I, I, God imagine, Brentford, imagine. And I was gonna say, imagine James Ward Prowse getting relegated and then him being sold for like ten million dollars. What a be crazy deal! What a steal! I would physically reach out to Manchester United and been like, if I hand you money, can you please make this happen? You have ten million. Uh, that I don't uh, know yeah. about. I'm pretty sure if I just start digging in my backyard, I'll hit oil at some point. So probably not in New Jersey, but um, I mean, well, actually, you could probably just go to the local beach and find all that oil and other uh, garbage um, just float around the water. Um, hey, hey, yeah. hey! Stop! Hey, stop calling people from New Jersey garbage. Okay, we know that. <laughs> well that and also there's just actual literal garbage just floating around yeah. the water um but hey you got great bagels um no but brentford as well i i just i think they're gonna have uh, not the worst season ever they're not gonna be sheffield from last season but it's not gonna be enough it's it just not and same with watford I, I i think watford are coming into the season where they've had a lot of Premier League experience over the last, like, a couple years ago, and they had an extended stay in the Premier League in their ter- like on their terms. But I, I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think the likes of Norwich is going to very much outshine the other two newly promoted sides. I think Norwich has done well with who they brought in, who they've kept. I mean, the fact that they still have Todd Cantwell and... Um, uh, oh my god uh uh aaron who's the right back um oh it's bothering me uh aaron max aaron's max aaron's i couldn't think of it they still have max aaron super young super talented right back Campbell's super young they just got josh Sargent in at striker to uh play with timo puki who's getting older I, I i think they're gonna be good this season you know n- not pushing anybody but not gonna get relegated so, yeah, I got Southampton, Brentford, Watford going down. Who do you have, right. Oh, Well, I agree with you. I think Brentford is going down. I Unfortunately, they are the weakest of the teams that did come up, and I, I feel like this for them, just being in the Premier League once, because they also are bringing up an extremely young team with just overall young atmosphere at the club. I mean, this. I think this is the first time they've ever been up in the actual English Premier League. I think maybe they were in the first division before it was called the Barclays Premier League, but uh, that's a little bit... If it's if it's more than, like, 20 years before I was born, I'm not even going to even humor that. But uh, I have a little bit of a couple two surprising ones. Now, I don't disagree with you. What you said about the teams you said all makes sense, and I can, phys- I can physically see it happen. Boys and girls, Burnley ball is going down. Sean Deitch is going to eat one too many worms, and he is going to I can find only his hope. way. He's going to find his hope. way. I just, I just feel like don't make me hard, Matt. Don't get my I just dick feel hard. Like, I just feel like this team, like you know what you're going to get, and I get it. You don't even have to think like for more than five seconds is what Burnley's going to do. But every single Premier League team now has game changers like the, the the game is physically adapted where all it's not the only top five or top six teams that have absolute ballers 
you now have other teams, even like on the lower divi- like part of the division, who have guys who can change the game. Burnley cannot just sit back for 90 minutes and get 1-1 or 0-0 draws uh, for the entire season. It just can't happen. I'm sorry. I know. Because there is a cult following with some of our listeners who think Burnley are going to stay up in the first division forever. They are not. They are not. This is the season Burnley go down. And then to finish it up, I called them frauds last year, and they are going down this year, and I... Brighton. Brighton, Hova Valley, and are going down. Uh, I feel like their stay in the Premier League has been more they've they've been up now for a few seasons and honestly i'm just i'm done with them i uh, this is just a personal thing with me i think graham potter is way too much of a guy who is just banking on the fact that he's not the worst english coach in the apl and for some odd reason the media labels him as some genius but they really didn't pick up anyone worth any game-changing ability this summer. Yes, they have their certain guys, McAllister, they still have Malpe, they still have these guys, but they didn't do enough, and they were already just skimming across the bottom of the Premier League last year. And honestly, outside of a couple teams absolutely being piss-poor towards the end, and I'm looking at you, Fulham, Brighton should have gone down. And honestly, the teams around them all got better, but an honorable mention, I made this list about two hours before I heard about Vestergaard leaving Southampton. Uh, Southampton are in trouble. Losing Danny Ings and losing your best defender. Um, yeah, Southampton are in a hole, and, and they, that's my honorable mention. It's going to be oh, it's gonna be tough. It is going to be so tough. But now longer to dwell on the negative let's start getting into some positive topics we are going to talk about which team this year do we think is going to surprise the world the most i'll go first i think watford i think watford got something to prove i think they're going to come up with their two mascots and their ugly ass jerseys and their troy Deeney sense of you know Vitality, get it? Uh, vitality, uh, different team, but still, I'm making the joke. I, I just feel like I feel like Watford belong in the Premier League, and honestly, when they went down a few seasons ago, it was tough because it was on the back of poor ownership responsibilities, not management. Ownership kind of really fucked them. But now this team is starting to... They, this team clicked last year. They did an absolutely incredible job, and honestly, they have rock stars on this lineup they really really do Ismail Asar is low-key still now coming back into the Premier League one of the best wingers in the league he's already one of the best wingers in the league and everyone needs to kind of understand this this team is sound at every position and every single one of these guys have played in the Premier League before so this isn't a bunch of new guys who have no idea what it's like to be in the prep they have no idea what it's like to walk into a completely sold-out Anfield and not get the jitters. This team will play, and honestly, I can see them finishing middle of the table. So what about you, JD? Who do you think is really going to be the team that's going to make people go, holy shit? Well, I kind of alluded to it. Um, it's Norwich City for me, another newly promoted team. I, I just think with, with who they've kept and who they brought in, I'm just going to keep it short. I, I just think Norwich City is going to surprise a lot of people. And I'm hoping it's not the first 
this weekend, the first game, because Liverpool played Norwich City. And you know what happened the last time Liverpool played Norwich City in the first game of the season? Yeah, and they won uh, the, the, o- the <laughs> only the only thing that's different is this time you have to go to them. Last time they came that's to fine. you. God, I That's actually rem- I remember that game because that was the first time VAR was established in the Premier League full time, and before the opening whistle, or I think it may have been halftime, the head referee's battery pack in his headset went yep. out, so yep. we, we we had to wait like fifteen minutes for like Dude, like does no one have a battery? Does no one have an additional battery? You know what's funny? I also vividly remember that first that that game because it was the day that I got my current car. So I was at the dealership thinking, okay, I got plenty of time. Like, man, I got plenty of time before this game kicks off. I was there early in the morning, and it was I think it was like the twelve thirty or or uh, it might have been a three p.m. game on Saturday. I don't remember. It was in the afternoon, and I was like, oh, I got plenty of time. Then I didn't. I very grossly underestimated how fucking long it takes to sign the lease for a car and i was like waiting i was in the waiting room which waiting for paperwork to be signed like watching the game on my phone and then i got the car and on i watched or i listened to the second half on the way home from harrisburg to lancaster like in through my car just like through the speakers just listening to the game so i will, I will always remember that game and then liverpool won the league at the end but Norwich City overall are going to surprise a lot of people. I think Pookie still has it. Sargent has a point to prove to the U.S. men's national team in a new in a new team in a new setting, and I think I think he's going to be pretty good this season. And then, like I said, Todd Cantwell, Max Aaron's. I mean, they lost Buendia, and that was a great pickup by Aston Villa. Like Jesus Christ! But I I think they're 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 going to comfortably stay up. That Which is, is all that no. you can ask hey, from you a know newly what? side. And you know what? I, I Again, I don't disagree with you at all. Honestly, you make some great points. Speaking on the Josh Sargent thing, I think it'll do Josh Sargent some real good one to play in a very physical league like the Premier League. I think that'll get him ready when it's his time to attempt to step up to be the U.S. men's national team, number one. But number two, to train with Timo Pukki. Now, yes, people are going to be like, what are you even talking about? Timo Pukki is a goal-getter. That's his one and only job. Josh Sargent learning from a guy whose only attribute is to go get goals, I think benefits all parties involved. Because if he has the ability to learn how to get that itch to be in the right place at the right time and just to hit a ball exactly the way you need to, if he brings any of those skills to the U.S. men's national team, baby... It's coming home in 2026, and I'm going to have to explain to my wife how I just spent $8,000 on one ticket to watch them play in the final. But we move on. The most disappointing side. Now, I started this last one, so JD, I'll go with you. Which team this year do you expect to have the biggest drop-off? Who the fuck do you think? I mean, I don't know how they could drop even less. Arsenal. Arsenal. What the fuck have they done? They bought... Ben White for 50 million pounds? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I... I just Ar- Arsenal are going to be terrible this season. I don't care that you gave the number 10 to Neil Smith-Rowe. I don't care that you're you're giving him that automatic starting starting spot and then Bukayo Saka. That, that, that doesn't mean shit to me. It, it really doesn't. I, they... they 
I mean, they're not even getting close to the top six. They're 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 looking at number nine or ten in in the in the table. I mean, you you talk about like Aston Villa or West Ham, or I mean even Everton. Fuck, like they're in a better position than Arsenal, in my opinion. I I just don't see them improving in any way. I see them regressing. If anything, I they they just not they just have not done enough. I it is just Lacazette like Aubameyang is super old. Lacazette isn't super old, but he was okay last season. I, I just no, and they don't have Odegaard, who was one of their best players last season. Yeah, he um, got that. He got the hell out of there. Yeah, I and what's his face? The the midfielder from Real Madrid that they st- do they still have him on loan? Oh my god. Uh, um. Starts I can't with the C. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, starts with the C. Starts with the C. Uh, oh god, oh god. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Okay, this okay. Is just bad. move on. I just move this. on. I can just, picture him. Just move on. Just move on. Our listeners know we don't. It's okay. Right. We're the ones with the podcast. No, yeah. Literally, I, I, it actually bothers me. I, I mean, Leno is a good goalkeeper, but and, and Gabrielle even is a great center back. Ben White is not it. He's not a. He's not a bad center back. I just hiccup there. Um. But 50 million pounds, like, give me a fucking break. Like, seriously. And, and like, Tierney is going to be good, cool. But y- your midfield isn't there. Your attackers. I mean, I, I, you can make arguments for the, the, the youthfulness in some areas with Emile Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka. I, and, and Tierney's still pretty young. I just, I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see them cracking top six. I, I, I barely see them making top 10 if anything i i don't know how i i just don't know how, so, how they've gotten at the point like to the point that they are this is so arsenal I'll, so i'll this i'll ask you historically I'll, huge team i'll put you on the spot here i'll put you on the spot right here right now quick quick fire shot right off the bat where does arsenal finish this year conservatively ninth Realistically, probably tenth. Well, we'll I have think a quite, I think well, I think Villa, I think Villa, I think West Ham and Everton finish above them. And that's I mean, but I and and it's sad to say that that's not an unfair reality. I mean, like those teams are all on the brink of doing something good. Arsenal are on the brink of doing nothing. Now, I felt like Arsenal was the easy answer. And I knew you would take it because your endless love for the Gunners. I, oh, I, I love I, the Gunners. <laughs> you love with seeing a passion. Them. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you love them because twice a year you get to play against them. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I I really only had one choice with this, and that was Wolves. I just don't think Wolves uh, this year are really going to do anything. You know, they're going through a transition. We don't know how Raúl Jiménez <laughs> is going to play with. You know, not having Nuno up front. And honestly, this is a team that just lost, you know, Rui Patricio. And they're like, again, this was just a team that highly disappointed. And now their main coach, their main guy, the guy who was in charge of everything that this team was responsible for doing. It's, I just, I I look at how everything is and I'm just, for me, this is just tough. It's going to be a tough year for Wolves. It really really is this team is going to struggle i mean honestly i put jd on the spot and i asked him to kind of give you know 
where he thinks Arsenal will be. Uh, I'm going to give the same thing. If Wolves finish above 13th, that's a good year for this team. And honestly, that's sad. Because for a couple seasons in a row, Wolves was on the brink of being a club that really was about to break into that top six. They were about to break into it. And honestly, it's just, it's tough. It really, really tough to see how Wolves have kind of fallen to where they are. Now, JD, we gotta we do some good, we do some bad. Now we're gonna kinda keep it good, hopefully, for the rest of the episode. Who do you believe, JD, going into this season, is going to bag the most goals? Who do you think is gonna win the golden boot this year? Um I truly I'm not gonna take this as being biased. I think it's gonna be Salah. Just I, I'm just going off of recent seasons. I I mean he he's won it what two or three times in the last four years. I I it, it's just a good bet. It, it's just a smart bet to bet Mohamed Salah to win the Golden Boot. You could say the same thing about Harry Kane. <laughs> you could easily say the same thing about Harry Kane. I just I I'm just gonna go with Salah. Uh, it, it, it's between those two, but. Mohamed Salah, Golden Boot winner. So I mean, and I and I don't disagree. I really don't disagree with that. And honestly, it's it's a fair track record to kind of see that, like you know, Mo Salah, you know, with the way he gets both open play and penalty kicks, like he's responsible for that. You're always gonna bank the fact that he's probably the guy. I think this year, especially with the fact that he when he play, I'm just gonna stay straightforward. It's gonna be Romelu Lukaku. Because honestly, I think this year... I mean, honestly, and you can all quote me on it. I have no issue with saying this. This is going to be a drop-off for the Golden Boot race in its entirety. I feel like everyone is going to take a little bit of dip in form because each team got a little bit better. And I know, there's a lot of Man United fans, a lot of friends of mine who are going to be like, how, how do you not think it's going to be Bruno? Well, because... When Marcus Rashford is healthy, and when Cavani is healthy, and when Sancho is healthy, and when Pogba is healthy, Bruno's going to facilitate those goals. And honestly, yes, Bruno's going to get his penalties, but he's not going to be in the same conversation that he was this last year. There's other guys who could actually step up and do some work around him. I look at him now more in a Jorginho situation where he's going to get assists and he's going to get penalties. I think Romelu Lukaku is going to come in. He's going to take the ball off Jorginho's foot because Romelu Lukaku takes penalties for Inter and he beats the piss out of that ball. No jumping, no light taps. Romelu Lukaku takes every ounce of weight he has and just slams it into the ball. I think with Romelu Lukaku coming in, he's going to take their penalties and he's going to get their open play goals. I think Lukaku will just edge Mo Salah. And yes, I know, the big elephant in the room, JD, and I didn't mention it. What about Harry Kane? Well, we don't know how Harry Kane is going to be this year. We we really don't know how, you know, I think he'll still be in the conversation, and it really wouldn't surprise me if he got golden boot. But I just feel like, I just, I don't know. I just think with everything going on, I think, I think he'll still play. I just don't know if he'll play at the same caliber he did Last year, you also you also have to take into account his uh, yearly ankle injury around January, February, where he's um, going to be out yeah. for a couple games. It's every Re- year. It's every yeah, year. Re- remember when it was like a long string of years? It ended over the last few years. But remember how like he never scored in August. 
Do you remember that? Like he never scored in August until like only a season I don't, or two that's ago. That's a weird stat. That was a, it was a weird stat, and I remember it from like it was like four or five. But that's years only ago. like two. But that's only like two games. Yeah, but when when you have him on your fantasy team and you're spending fourteen, fifteen million dollars <laughs> on a striker and he doesn't show up for like a month, it's like, hey, my guy, hey man, you, you what got, are we doing? You got Kevin. De- you took Kevin De Bruyne first in the draft league, and he's not playing for the first couple games, so you're also not going to get goals in the first couple games. Well, in the only reason why I pick Kevin De Bruyne is because for the future, yeah, yeah, that that that's a future pick. But I could have, the, but I, I picked but, right before you, and I got I took Mane over over yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. I thought about it, and those first couple games, they're important. Yeah, there's a couple guys on my team. Honestly, we'll make a post. I think. I think we'll make weekly posts about our fantasy leagues. We we are in a private league, but we'll we'll make it public for you guys. Now we're gonna switch it off, and I'll start this one off. We are talking about the man between the sticks, who will win the Golden Glove. And honestly, I think this is a pretty easy one because I don't know. I just I think this is easy, and I think it's Ederson. I think it's gonna be Ederson because he just happens to play in front of a very, very good back four. But not just that. He plays for a team that wants to play with, like, 60 to 75% possession. And this is he, He's going to be in situations where he doesn't have to worry really much about open play. He's going to be with a team that's going to retain the ball. I think Ederson is the easy choice, in my opinion. But, J.D., I'm interested into what you're thinking. Do you think it's going to be someone else? Do you think Allison has that bounce back here? No, are you kidding me? It's Emiliano Martinez. He should have fucking won it last season. I mean, him not winning it last season was on Lewandowski proportions of fraud. Of Lewandowski not winning the Ballon d'Or. And I'm not I'm not saying Mar- Emiliano Martinez is on that scale. I'm saying the fact that he like the fact that Martinez did not win the Golden Boot or the uh, Golden Glove, sorry, excuse me. The Golden Gloves last season. Uh, it's it's a sham. It's an absolute sham. He was the best goalkeeper last season. And I think he's going to be the best goalkeeper this season. I don't give a shit how good your defense is in front of you. If you can if you can single-handedly stop the ball from going in the net better than any other person in the league, uh, that's what you that's the definition of the best goalkeeper. Ederson didn't have shit to do last season. I and he won't have shit to do this season. That doesn't make him the best goalkeeper. I no, Emiliano Martinez. Easy, easy choice for me. Okay, okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be the portion of our episode where we talk about our previews, about what we think. It is now time for the nitty gritty. And yes, boys and girls, we are back with our picks. Yes, getting down to the business of it. And this year, of course, it is you guys who will be joining the party Make sure every single week, the week of, keep an eye on our Instagram. Make sure that you are hovering around that story because that's where we are putting our pick predictions. Now, guys, let's go over the rules. If you did not forget, every single week you get to choose between one team or another. If the picks are close enough, basically within one or two picks, we consider that to be a draw. At the end of the year, we will take your pick numbers and libel them up with our pick numbers. Last year, I did just edge out Logan. So let's see if this year, if I can retain my title, or let's see if uh, either you guys or JD 
are going to do the business. So we are going to start off bright and early. And now by bright and early, I mean 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Brentford will be hosting Arsenal Football Club for Brentford's, if I'm not mistaken, like I said before, I believe their first ever Premier League game. I'm going to start with the fans, and then I'll leave it to you, JD. Pretty comfortably, this was Arsenal for our fans. Do you think Arsenal are going to start the season off with a win, or do you think Brentford might turn a couple heads? I think Brentford uh, are going to go up a pretty piss-poor Arsenal side, and they're going to turn a couple heads. I'm, I'm going with a draw here. It's a home game for Brentford. Their fans have been waiting for this opportunity to play in the Premier League, and full stadiums, or at least mostly full, I, I, don't, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't see Arsenal winning. I don't see them losing. I just, I, this, could be, this could be a pretty boring game, honestly. I'm just going to go with a straight draw. I feel like they're... I don't hate your answer. I really, really don't, because I think Brentford are going to come out, and they're going to come out hot. But the issue is, is I think Arsenal, even though are not the best of Premier League sides, they are still one that can kind of control a game if they have to. I think Arsenal will take this, strictly on the fact that they have game changers. Brentford, again... We're going to be learning about this Brentford side. But I think at the end of the day, Arsenal have the guys they need to win this game. And I don't know. I just think Arsenal just have a little too much in the tank. And honestly, Arsenal had a fresh, you know, so far, knock on wood, aren't dealing with any major injuries. I think Arsenal will take this. So now I will start the next one. It is Manchester United versus Leeds, the 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Um, Leeds basically are coming into the season completely healthy, ready to go. Manchester United now having the injury of Marcus Rashford, also having the absence of Edison Cavani, also having probably not seeing Varane probably start. More than likely, he will come off the bench as well will Jaden Sancho. So, um... Those are a lot of things that don't make me confident at all about this game, being a Manchester United fan. I am going to go, and I'm going to start this season off with a draw. I don't think this game is going to be good. I think it's going to be cagey. It's going to be very, I think it's going to be very, very similar to how this game played the last time these guys did, where it ended 0-0. Yes, I understand, new team. And yes, this game will be in front of all the Old Trafford fans. I still think this game will end in a draw. So, J.D., I'm going to leave this now to you. What are you thinking? Go for it. Well, last season, I would undoubtedly say Leeds are going to destroy Manchester United because that's just what they do. And in that sense, they get a nil-nil draw. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say United win this. Manchester United, that is. I, I'm Leeds... They're a fantastic team to watch. They're electric. They're, they're just so full of energy. Just passing. And I, I just... I think United are going to get it done in the first week. So I'm going to be confident and say Manchester United beat Leeds. Okay. So, yep, the fans are agreeing with you. That game was a little close, at least on our fan picks. But yes, Man United, at least on your end. Hey, this will be a game I'll be happily wrong with. 
if Man United turn around and they show up and they do what they got to do, especially with every reason I said that they shouldn't, I'm going to be one happy guy going into the weekend. Now we are going to switch off to a game that probably shouldn't be on TV. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, if you take the effort to watch Burnley host Brighton, you are a brave, brave soul, and I tip my hat to you. The fan pick was too close. It was a draw from our fans. Now, JD, I'll swing this back to you. Um, this game is going to be interesting, right? No, not at all. Draw. All, the, all, all day. Draw. Just, I, 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 I don't care about this game. I, I won't watch it. I, I mean, there's plenty of other better games to watch at the same time because there's, what, five games kicking off at 10 a.m. on Saturday? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I felt like that was yeah. weird. Uh, I, I felt like that was weird. I felt like they could have moved a couple of those games to Sunday. It being the opening week of the season, I felt like everyone could have had their own like their own time slot. But then they decided to throw like three or four games in the 10 o'clock slot. And I'm just like, man, come on. It's the first week. We're trying to watch all the games here. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that this game is going on while four other games are going on because nobody's going to watch this except for dedicated Burnley and Brighton supporters. Like, whatever. I, yeah, th this is just a game that's going to happen. It just, the the schedule needs it to happen to be fair to everyone for po points-wise, but it'll be I nil-nil draw, honestly. And you know, the fuck's going to score? And you know what? I tip my hat to those in the Premier League who made the schedule. They're getting this game in early, so we don't have to think about it in like 20 yep. weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you 100%. Uh, I'm going back-to-back -back draws here. We went for three straight draws. I feel like this is a game Brighton didn't know how to score last year. Burnley only know how to defend. It's This is pretty cut and dry in my opinion. So, yeah, 100%. I think this game is going to end in a draw. I wouldn't even be surprised if there wasn't a goal scored. So, we move on. Our next game, uh, London Derby. Sure. Chelsea will be hosting Crystal Palace. Now, yes, Chelsea just played today in the Super Cup, beating Villarreal 2-1. I still don't think that's enough. For me to think that Crystal Palace can catch Chelsea on short rest. Chelsea are going to win this game. Chelsea are going to look good. Chelsea, yes, just Chelsea. Just Chelsea. Side note, free Wilfred Zaha. How dare he still be a Crystal Palace player? Yeah, um, yes, free Zaha, but they're just asking too much for him. And he's getting too old now. It, it, it's just, it's unfortunate for him. But Chelsea versus Crystal Palace... Yeah, I don't. I it doesn't matter. The Chelsea are on a couple days rest. It, it, they're gonna destroy Crystal Palace. But I will say, Guaita will play well. He'll let in three or four goals, but he'll play well. The, uh, That's all I have the to say all, about this game. The, the <laughs> That's all I have to say about this game. The, the only time a goalie, you know, giving up four goals would be a good game. But yes, that it's is, Crystal Palace. I, I, yeah, I'm not arguing. He, he could have the game of his life. He could he could have the game of his life and let up four I'm goals. Not, I'm not arguing. He's in that with position. You. Our, fans, our fans agree. Chelsea should take this game awfully comfortably. Now here's for another game. Now this one actually could be interesting. Everton host Southampton. 
Southampton now going through all these changes. So this is basically a full-scale rebuild year for Southampton. And Everton are a team with something to prove. Rafa Benitez coming in as the head coach. Uh, You know, Richarlson is coming back from an Olympic gold medal. Calvert-Lewin is coming back playing with the England national team. This is a team that looks like they might have something to prove. The fans are going with Everton. Now, J.D., I'll leave this now to you. We'll swing it all the way through. Everton or Southampton? I mean, I look at this. The, honestly, this is this game defines Southampton's season because they, they're playing a decent Everton side that if they can't beat them, I, they're, they're not beating anybody. Because the, if, if, if Southampton lose to Everton... They have no hope this season. They just, they just don't. And I I think Everton take it. And, and I, I'm just going to stick with my initial thought of Southampton going down this season. They they've lost they've lost too many big players, and I I just don't think they do it. This game is going to like Southampton supporters are really going to realize like that we might go down this season because they're going to lose to Everton on on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to explain to my brother-in-law, who is a massive Southampton fan. I don't know how that conversation is going to go. Um, yeah, uh, I, I as well. Everton, this is easy. I, this is this is going to be pretty cut and dry. I feel like Everton are going to do what they have to do. And again, I feel like this is just the same situation with Arsenal versus Brentford, where it's just one team has all the star power. The other team is just here to have a good time. On to our next game, Leicester City versus... Wolves. Now, I already at the beginning of the episode said Wolves are going to struggle this year. This is probably going to be the first game because you are going to have a team that is fresh. This team is fresh. Now, yes, Fafana is out for the season with a horrible, horrible injury and another reason why I think friendlies should not exist. But that's just me. That's my own personal opinion. If you have a problem with that, go find me on social media. Um, overall, I think Leicester should take this Pretty easy, pretty cut and dry. So, JD, on to you. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Leicester should take this easily. Uh, they're a much better team than Wolves. They're fresh. They're ready to go. Wolves are in disarray, honestly. I, I don't even know who their coach is. I I, I couldn't tell you off hey, the top hey, of my for head. Fi- hey, hey, for fi- hey, five dollars. Who do you think? What nationality do you think their coaches? Ooh, that's a tough question. I'm just gonna spitballing, Port- Portuguese. Uh, so I see. I owe you five dollars now because that was the easiest freaking question on earth. Like, yep. I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you who it is. I just know he's definitely oh, Portuguese. Um, definitely Portuguese. Yeah, but no, th- this will be an easy win for Leicester. I, Wolves, I, I don't know. They, they have. They have very good players. They just they they failed to do anything last season, and they haven't really brought in what they need. I mean, yes, Ra- Raul Jimenez coming back is huge for them, but Leicester are just a step above, and that's going to be is- too much for them. And the problem you have here is we don't know what type of player Raul Jimenez is going to be. When you take a horrific head injury like he did and your entire li- your life is changed. 
you start, you wonder, is he going to go in for 50-50 balls? Is he going to proceed with caution? Is he going to be able to play full 90 minutes week in and week out? Because that's what he was before this injury. So uh, I just, it's all very concerning. And honestly, I just, this is probably one of the worst opponents Wolves could have started the season with. The fans agree. They are going with Leicester. It is another clean sweep. I feel like we're all kind of staying on the same kind of, you know, momentum. It's the first week. You're kind of just going with the favorite. Now we move on to Watford hosting Aston Villa. Now, Aston Villa no longer having Jack Grealish, but picking up about three or four really, really good pieces this offseason. And this is Watford's first opportunity in the Prem. You know, first game of the week, first game back. Hey, it's going to be exciting in front of home fans. The fans, our fans, are going with Aston Villa. They believe that, you know, the Villa have just a bit too much in the tank. So, J.D., I'm going to swing this to you. Who are you thinking? Who do you think is going to take this game? Uh, Aston Villa, easily. Um, Watford just coming up from the championship. Aston Villa coming off a fantastic Premier League campaign where, yes, they lose Jack Grealish, their captain. But they pick up Danny Ings. They have Emiliano Martinez. They pick up Buendia. I just, and they have, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, 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 Traore, the other one. Not Adama Traore. Yep. Uh, I can't think of his first name. But the other Traore, who's looked really good for Villa. And, and uh, Anwar El Ghazi and um, jo- uh, John McGlynn has looked fantastic in recent seasons. Yeah, Villa are going to beat Watford, I think, very comfortably. I I, I think that's a pretty easy prediction for me. And let's not forget, they did pick up the best left mid slash left wing back in world football in Ashley Young. So let's not forget that Ashley Young okay. is uh, is back is back. Okay, let's let's do it. They got him for a steal at one point three million dollars. Um, but yeah, um. No disagreements on my end. You said everything that you needed to say. Aston Villa should take this pretty easy, pretty cut and dry. I think it's going to be a good game, though. I think this is honestly a game people should tune in for because this is a game that might get a lot of back and forth. And honestly, I just feel like it's going to be a really good time. We swing on to the next game. As JD already mentioned... The last time the season started with Liverpool hosts are playing against Norwich, Liverpool raised their first title in a very, very long time, but the tables have slightly turned. Norwich will be hosting this game. So guys, uh, I'm going to start this one off. We're, we're keeping the round robin going. Liverpool are going to take this. Liverpool are going to take this easy. Liverpool are finally, you know, you're getting Virgil van Dijk back. You're going to have a healthy defense. You're going to have Trent Alexander-Arnold able to push forward. Yes, Robertson is going to be out for a few weeks. But you're going to be okay against Norwich. You're going to be fine. Trust me. I, I If Norwich find a way to get any result out of this, this is more against Liverpool than it is for Norwich. I think Liverpool, as long as they take care of business, they'll do what they have to do. JD, I feel like I don't need to ask you who you think is going to win this game. Yeah, you don't, but I'm going to say something anyway. Um, yeah, Liverpool are going to win this game. Uh, yeah, Robertson being out is, you know, a loss. But like I said before, Costa Simicast, he's looked great in preseason. I'm excited for him to start. 
at left back. He he is just creatively he's looked fantastic and he's looked fine defensively. And I, just bring back Virgil and Joe Gomez. I I don't know if honestly I don't know if they'll both start. I I would not be surprised if the starting center back pair, uh, pairing is Konate and uh, Joel Matip. It wouldn't surprise me, but at the same time, I also wouldn't be surprised if Klopp is just, you know, fuck it, Virgil, go in, play 90 minutes. I w- it wouldn't surprise me. I, th- I think that's going to do a lot. I- I'm-, I'm a little curious about how the front, the well, the attacking setup is going to be for Liverpool, because I'm sure Sal and Mane are definitely going to start. But Firmino, coming off the Copa America, he hasn't played too much in preseason, Harvey Elliott has played a shit ton of preseason and has looked fantastic. I would not be surprised if Harvey Elliott starts this game and takes it over. I, I don't know. Either way, Norwich looked good, but Liverpool is going to run fucking train over them. It, it's it's not going to be pretty. It, it, it just really isn't. So, yeah, Liverpool all the way here. Yeah, and our fans are agreeing 100%. Well, not 100%. I mean, there were, funny enough, there were a couple votes for, you know, mm-hmm. Norwich, and, you know, it's probably just some trolls. But uh, overall, hey, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Who know, Who knows what will happen? We're on to our next game where Newcastle will be taking on West Ham United. Newcastle being the home side here. Our fans will start them off first. They went with West Ham. They went with David Moyes. JD, I will hand this now off to you. Do you believe Newcastle can have a bounce back, or do you believe we're going to experience a second season of David Moyes and some magic? Hey, man, let me start this season off by saying, say something nice about West Ham. They're looking good. I got West Ham all the way in this game. Not n- Honestly, not too much more to say about it. I think West Ham are going to take what they did last season into this season. And, and they're going to beat this Newcastle side who, I'm not going to say they're struggling. They were last season. I mean, there, there was a good chance that they might go down for a long time last season. I, I just, West Ham are just much better than them. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go West Ham all the way. I mean, honestly, I'm going to, again, this is, unfortunately, I want to apologize to our listeners. This may be a little bit boring because there's not a lot of back and forth of like, oh, I think it's this, you think it's that. It's the first week of the season, and you're going to go off of what you know. And honestly, JD and I both know basically the same thing. So I'm going to agree with him. I think West Ham are going to take this. I apologize for the suspense. But West Ham have a little bit of an issue that I'm interested in. I'm going to be interested to see how they adjust. West Ham finished where they finished because Jesse Lingard was there. Jesse Lingard doesn't play for them anymore. And in my opinion, I really don't think they did enough to fill those shoes. And he was a massive part of that entire offense going forward. I am very interested to see what West Ham looked like as well. It's a fan question coming up, so I'm going to ease off of a little bit. I think Newcastle aren't ones to assume that they're just going to just push over. So we carry on to our final game, the game of the week. You know Arlo White is calling it. Spurs will be hosting Manchester City in the not-White Hart Lane. I'll start this one off. God, man, Man City might score five. God, Man City might absolutely just derail because of everything going on. 
Again, and I'm not taking anything away against Nuno, but I feel like this project is just a little too big for him. I don't know if Harry Kane is going to start. If Harry Kane doesn't start, I don't know how Hyungbing Sung is going to play. Vice versa, this team is going to be through a complete transition. You, you still have so many questions they didn't answer in the defense. I, I just... City are going to take this, and City are going to be doing it pretty comfortably, in my opinion. I feel like they're basically just going to flex their muscles and just show the rest of the Premier League, hey, the last few seasons weren't a joke. We are the legitimate. So, JD, your final pick of the week, Manchester City or Spurs? I mean, yeah, it's easy. Manchester City are going to destroy Tottenham Hotspur. It, it, there's no question about it. I, I just, Tottenham... It, you can say any pros for them right now, but Manchester City are going to destroy them. There, there, there's no chance. I, there's, there's just absolutely no chance. I, there's not even much to say about it. And anybody who's watched these two teams play over the last season, no, nah. City are, are just going to wreck them. Like, sorry, no. Spurs fans. I, it's just, it's not going to happen. Nope, and, and, and our fans agree this game was pretty heavily on Manchester City. So, guys, that is the picks for our upcoming week. Guys, I am so super excited and super pumped. It is so good to finally have English Premier League soccer back on our TVs, back in our lives. And remember, guys, we're going to be here all season. We're going to be doing this every single week we do not take off we took off some weeks during the summer to get ourselves nice and rested to get ourselves back to the premier league we are rested we got well some sleep i can't say we got a ton of sleep but we got some sleep to get ourselves prepped and ready for those 7 a.m games shout out to those on the west coast waking up at 4 30 in the morning you guys are the real mvp because I had to do that once or twice with the U.S. Women's National Team, and I think I just immediately turned off the rest of the day. So, guys, we are super, super excited to now transition to our next part of the episode. Guys, you guys did an absolutely incredible job this week hitting us up with some amazing fan questions. We took a couple few sneak peeks, get ourselves prepped and ready for those. We are going to be doing those every now and again. It might not be an every week thing, but we are super, super excited to have you guys with those fan questions. So guys, we are going to start it off right off the bat, probably with a question that took about the most preparation that it could have taken. And we are reaching out from our boy, Griggs JC, our French phenom. What up, JC? I want to know your EPL all French starting 11. Also, what place would they finish? So, JD and I talked this one over a little bit. And I'm telling you right now, the French have some really good players in the EPL, and I honestly forgot about most of them. Lloris Annette, Digne, Varane, Zuma, you have Mendy from Manchester City, Conte, Pogba, Suzoko, Dembele, Martial, Lacazette. You could even throw in Pepe if you wanted to. Now, JC, I... I, I that's the team. You and I discussed it. Where do you think that they're going to finish? Because that's the one thing we didn't discuss. Where would they finish if that was the team? Um, they, they finished pretty high. I think they're pushing top four. 
at least. I, I, maybe, maybe they comfortably get top four. I think you could also factor in Allen St. Maximum. Um, imagine, he, him coming, imagine him coming off the bench. Yeah. Oh. I mean, coming off the Dude, bench, he'd be incredible. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think I think that's a great team. I, I, I mean, you could even say, well, uh, Mamadou Sako just left the Premier League this summer. Uh, I forget who he signed for. I think he signed for a team in the French League. I don't remember. I just saw it the other day. But he, I mean, he would have been, I mean, well, yeah. over, oh, not Laporte. I almost said Laporte. Um, yeah, no. He's Spanish now, nope. apparently. Nope, he's Spanish. But, yeah, he's Spanish. Nope. Not recognized yeah, Z- by the French Varane, Football Federation. Yeah, yeah but Zuma and Varane d- would be a very good partnership. Um, yeah, with Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the French players in the Premier League, they, they make up a pretty good squad right there. Especially, I mean, just honestly, the midfield, Pogba and and Conte, like Jesus fucking Christ. And and, like, and honestly, I, I I look at it from this point of view. You have Digne and Mendy, who are both able to push forward. Excuse me. You have Varane, Zuma, and Conte basically just playing shutdown. You have Pogba, who's able to open up every type of pass you can think of. If Martial or Lacazette were on any form, JC, because I'm going to talk to you straightly, JC, not JD, JC, this team probably finishes second in the entire Premier League. Because honestly, if they just had a more clinical finisher up front, they would win the league. I think this team would physically win the league. So we're going to move on to our next question. This is coming from Van Stan underscore ms i probably mispronounced you i apologize outside of the big six which club had the biggest signing of the season now i i can go first if you want jc or jd but that's up to you if you want to jump in on this well i gotta think about that outside the big six i mean i'm thinking like villa had a great window I mean, bring in Buendia, bring in Ings. I mean, that's that's really big for for a team like that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Ings at Villa. Yeah, Danny Ings to Villa. That that that's a huge signing. I mean, and, and then coupled with Buendia. I mean, that's just that's just huge. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Villa. Had the biggest signing. And I'm telling you right now, Aston Villa, and I think I think we're agreeing on this, they had an outstanding window because I'm staying with Villa, but I'm going to go with Leon Bailey from Bayern Leverkusen. Oh, the, I forgot what? about Leon Bailey. Yeah, I completely forgot right? about that. Holy shit. I, I completely forgot about that. Whole, oh, my God. Like, yeah. You know what's the Yeah, and you know yeah what's Villa, the definitely. And you think about this. You look at all these signings Aston Villa made this year. I'm telling you right now, Selling Jack Grealish and making all these things, they probably net spent like around $15 million. Aston Villa quietly had a very good window for losing their icon player. So Aston Villa, hats off to you. Awesome, awesome job. Our next question. It's a two-parter. Shout out to our boys from Lads Podcast, Kevin and Martin our guys, we love them to death. And I want to just do a little bit of a shout out that without Kevin and Martin, 
JD and I would not be here doing what we're doing. They are the real MVPs. They are the day one OGs. They are the example of what good podcasting should be. They answered I'm literally this question. wearing a Lads shirt. I'm currently wearing a Lads podcast shirt. This two-parter question is because they answered it on theirs and honestly i was very they answered this on their uh podcast and i'm actually glad they reached out to us so that we could answer it jd the first part of this question is who is going to be the first manager sacked this year Ooh. see i probably should have looked at these questions um <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. I loved Kevin. Yeah, you go answer. first. Let me think. I, you've seen the, you've seen I these loved, questions. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I I loved Kevin's answer, and honestly, it's a hundred percent. I think it's just it's gonna freaking happen, man. It's Mikel Arteta. It's really gonna be him because Arsenal did nothing to help him. And honestly, if they go the middle of the season, if they're if they're in like tenth or eleventh by Christmas, yeah, I can't see. Arsenal wanting to continue, and I think this project will just cease to exist. So I don't want to piggyback off Kevin's answer, but when he said it and he broke down every reason he did buy it, wow. And that completely opened my eyes. Cause I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like maybe it's Nuno, maybe, you know, uh, maybe uh, like theoretically, like maybe it could be someone in the bottom three. Maybe it's Sean Deitch, maybe it's, you know, Stevie Bruce. I don't know. I just something about Mikel Arteta makes me really think that, like, holy shit, this actually might happen. You know, I I I wasn't even thinking about Arsenal. I really wasn't, and I should have been. I the one thing that I'm thinking of is usually you don't get high profile sackings early in the season. Usually it's 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 you know towards the bottom. You know, like a Watford boss. I, I don't even know who their fucking boss is now. I really don't. But honestly, I, I'm going to agree with you. And and Kev from, from Lads. I, I Yeah, Mikel Arteta, if, from what I've said about Arsenal, honestly, from what I've said, I should, I should believe that Mikel Arteta should be sacked immediately, if anything. But if, if, they, if they don't win, I mean, if... If they don't win two out of their first six games, man, I, I, yeah, if they're, if they're not in the top 10 by Christmas, I mean, there's bigger issues, but yeah, the coach should go. So Mikel Arteta, I'm going to just, I'm just going to say first manager sacked. And the second part of that question now, JD, this is physically directed just towards you. Also, did JD have... Did JD have fun at the Revs game? Oh, I had a blast paying $13 a beer at the Revs game. Oh, it was great. Gillette Stadium is a very nice stadium. It's got a whole compound connected to the stadium. There's tons of like shops and restaurants. Me, Kev Pettit, and his girlfriend had dinner right in the stadium. It was uh, not the best service, but decent food. And uh, reasonably priced beers for dinner. And then I paid a shit ton of money for beers at the game. Um, yeah, I had a great time. We had great seats. Very cheap seats. Uh, it was like 40 bucks a t- or with with 
fees and everything. It was like 48 bucks a, a ticket for, for the three of us. And we had great seats uh, right by in the corner of one of the goals. Um, yeah, it was fun to see Paxton Aronson's first goal, but uh, not fun to see Gustavo Bo, that fucking pussy, who can't put away a goddamn penalty because Andre Blake is the best goalkeeper in the goddamn league. And it just happened to rebound because Blake saves it and it just happens, it just on chance, it just happens to rebound right into his way and he buries it and he celebrates like he just scored in the World Cup. It was great. It, it was in the, he celebrated in the corner that I was in and I was screaming, fuck you pussy to him. And I know he heard it. I know he heard it because there are not that many New England Revolution fans. They were so, there were so many Philly Union fans in those stands. It was hilarious how many Philly fans I, I saw and like gave the what's up to like outside the stadium before and after the game. It was hilarious. I had a great time. I don't care that we fucking lost. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, great night, well, though. Tell, great night. Well, love I, you, Kev. I, 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 I was and worried Leah, that... also. Love you, Leah. I was worried that JD wouldn't have given an explicit, detailed conversation about everything he did. But hey, guess what? I don't have to worry about that. So, um... <laughs> so now we, we, are, we are on to our next next big topic question and guys that is going to be coming from sweeney hut jr what's up my guy what new sign what new transfer will be a bust this year so that's that's a big one no price tag involved no nothing i i i wrote down a couple things and honestly hear me out when i say this Ariola, his transfer, you know, he played last year with Fulham, the goalkeeper, went back to PSG, and now officially on a move, he plays for West Ham now. I feel like, I have the feeling like he's going to start over Fabianski, and I feel like that's going to be a mistake. Because I don't rate him. PSG wouldn't have bounced him all over the place if they didn't think he was even average. Now, yes, I understand PSG have about 12 goalies on the roster and they had to get rid of someone, but I just have a gut feeling this one won't work. Now, JD, politely tell me why you think Ben White won't work, because I'm assuming Ben White is going to be your bust. You know, it is. Ben White is my bust. And I, like... I shouldn't be taking into account transfer fee or anything like that, but you have to. You have to. If, if, if Arsenal's bought Ben White for 15 million pounds, I'd say that's a good pickup. But they spent 50 million on him, and he's average. He, he He's good. He's okay. He, he's Premier League standard for Brighton. Not for Arsenal. Not that is not the signing that Arsenal should be making right now, because honestly, they are closer to Brighton than they are to Champions League. They should not be buying Brighton players. <laughs> so Ben White, I, I, he might, he might be fine for Arsenal this season. He might just be perfectly normal in Premier League standards. That's not good enough. That's not what Arsenal need. That's not what they need to be better than 10th. I, so, yeah. As, as far as the biggest flop signing, I, it's going to be Ben White. I, it's no disrespect to him at all. 
It's disrespect to Arsenal. I'm sorry. That is not the player you should be buying. <laughs> At that price. So the next. Uh, so our our next questions come in from King Nito one zero one nine. The first one's a question. The second one's a statement. So let me say the question, and then I'll say the statement, and then we'll go into how we break down both of them. The first one will be. Will we see any major large-scale fan protest this season? That's actually a very good question. Follow-up statement. Also, hot take. Manchester United will miss out on Champions League qualifications due to lack of team chemistry. Not a far shout. I'm a Man United fan who will flat-out say it. This season... You need to get the starting 11 out there. You need to get them familiar with each other. I, I think that they might get... I think they're going to get that top four. I really think they do. But we'll save that conversation for another time. JD, I'm going to start this one off with you. We all saw what Man United fans did last year. And let's be honest, we saw fans uh, from every major ground, especially after the Super League, you know, crumbled to existence. The protests continued. And yes, Man United did lead the way with basically... They physically stopped a massive game on primetime television, so much so that another game's broadcast was basically canceled to watch United fans storm Old Trafford. Now, I have mixed feelings about the protests, and I'll wait my turn, but your turn. Do you think that, after what we saw last year, do you think that that is even in the realm of possibility for this upcoming season? Um, in regards to the Super League, I don't think that there will be protests about that. I think all all the Premier League teams. I know there's still some teams in uh, in Europe, specific, uh, specifically Spain and Italy, that are still pushing for that. Um, but in England, I think all the, all the teams that were involved have come out and, uh, in quotations, apologized, and you know they're gonna have to pay fines and shit. But I think that's behind us. As far as just general protests go, you can never take that out of the realm of possibility, you know, especially with like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say that there won't be a massive protest for any reason. It could happen for anything. So I'm going to say probably not, but who knows? Who the fuck knows? Something, anything can happen. Seriously. And just like any anything can happen, I I don't even know. F I mean, fuck it. VAR could make the worst call ever, and supporters of the team that it was against could boycott the next game. Who knows? And and you know what? I mean, I agree with some things that you're saying, but I personally think that the large scale protests, like what we saw post Super League, won't happen. I just. I, and again, I'm not saying it can't happen. I just don't believe it will. The reason why is that was the first time ever I've seen every single type of fan link arms with each other and stand up and protest. Every other issue that happens, you're going to have people on one side and you're going to have people on the other. And you're not going to get the large scale that you used to get. Now, don't get me wrong. I already know Arsenal fans are still going to be protesting their ownership group. I know Liverpool fans have their, their sections of fans who will continue to protest their ownership group. The Glazer Out, like the Glazer Out community is still large and strong with the Manchester United uh, fan base. I mean, even the day after Jaden Sancho was announced, they still were flying, 
Jaden's uh, glazer out colors all across Manchester. It, it's their actions. They they want them actually to be able like to actual face their the consequences of their actions and especially for many years of pulling money out of the club and that's not just the Glazers that's every one of the clubs I said the only clubs that really cannot complain about this is Manchester City and Chelsea because their ownership teams don't give a crap about making money they just want to spend it and win so I, I just I think Arsenal is probably the closest. To on their way to a new ownership team but again different question different time ask us about ownership and that'll be another you know conversation we can have so let me just open up my phone again because you and i are just talking so much uh the next question again from griggs jc this question is not from him this question is to the guy next to him on the plane who is the most dominant captain in the epl that is an awesome freaking question. Now, I'll open the floor so JD can talk about how it's Jordan Henderson for the next five minutes. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I, look, that's not who I'm thinking of, but if you're going you're gonna to bring up Jordan Henderson, he is pretty dominant. I mean, come on. Won the Premier League, Champions League, Super Cup, Club World Cup in recent seasons. Um, I... You could say Jorginho, or no, wait, who's the captain for Chelsea? Oh, it's Aspoqueta. I don't know why I was thinking Jorginho. Um, I think I was mostly thinking about the dumb, like, thoughts about him winning his Ballon d'Or, which is stupid. But, um, yeah, I, maybe I'll give some love to, like, West Ham, where Mark Noble, Mark fucking Noble, He's played now, like now 550 the longest, games. Now, yeah. Now the longest standing one club player in uh, world football. Yeah. Yeah. Mark fucking Noble. Captain of West Ham. When he plays. Because he doesn't play it often anymore. But <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. The most dominant captain. I, We don't have too many dominant captains anymore. I mean, you're like you think of like Frank Lampard or, or Steven Gerrard or I it, it's not that prevalent anymore. I I get I mean, I yeah, bias aside, Jordan Henderson, he he pulls a lot of weight at Liverpool. He he really does. And him lifting any trophy in the last couple of years has just been very moving. It, it it really has. So like that that's a lot of bias for me. That's who I'm just thinking of. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it until you brought it up. But yeah, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, I mean, honestly, again, I think Jordan Henderson is a very good shout. I also take into the consideration when it was at the beginning of lockdown, where Jordan Henderson was literally leading and trying to get all the captains from all the other teams to yes, lead yes. in. You know, like and, that's a true leader. Yeah, in the in the super club, uh, the super club stuff. He he uh, he got all the ca- all the Premier League captains together on like a Zoom call and like talked to everybody and was like, "We're all united against this." That was Jordan Henderson. I, I can just imagine Harry Maguire just having a tough time even opening up his laptop, but that's just me. Uh, when I think of Premier League cap, like when I think of like a top three Premier League captains, like guys who I would want to captain my team, Jordan Henderson is on that list. The other two guys would have been 
Caesar as Pelicueta. And the reason why I say that is because when Lampart was the manager, Azpilicueta was on the bench and barely got game time. And Chelsea struggled. And then the second Tuchel comes on and becomes the head coach, he starts playing as Azpilicueta. They literally turned around, qualified for Champions League, and got an, and won Champions League. Like, having him on the field is a massive turnaround. The, the team knows how to actually play and actually, like, they're, they're not... I don't know how like how to describe this, but they're just they're not they're an organized unit when Azpilicueta's on the field. And honestly, that comes down to his leadership ability. The next one, and this is gonna be my pick, and it is Casper Schmeichel from Leicester City. What a leader to not only lead Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Not only not only for club, he leads for country. He is just an out-and-out leader. He is probably some of the most sure hands and mind in current soccer and just an out-and-out leader. He knows how to organize his team from the back. And honestly, if I was building a side right now, yeah, Casper Schmeichel's up there in age, but God, what a leader that guy is. And honestly, I just I feel like that's just, again, I think that's, again, and it's up for debate. It really is up for debate because you could turn around and you can you would maybe want your captain to be a Troy Deeney where he's going to grab someone by the neck and ring them out for not doing something right. So, again, it's completely up for your own interpretation. But, JC, doubt you're going to run into that guy again, but that is a very good question. This next question is from Rudy Tyler. Uh, shout out to my left winger. Does Lukaku make Chelsea a title challenger. So I said it at the beginning of the episode. I think having Romelu Lukaku on this team, yeah, I think they are now the favorite to win the league. I just, out and out, this team, that was the final piece. And yes, JD has made mentioned, oh, uh, you can't just throw $100 million at a problem. Yeah, but when it's the striker, sometimes if you know you're going to get 20-plus goals a season... Sometimes $100 million is the correct answer. Side note, forgot to bring it up before, there is a clause in the contract that Manchester United had with Inter. Originally, they were paying installments, but if Inter ever paid, uh, uh, transferred out Lukaku, whatever their remaining balance was, they owe Manchester United on the spot. So the second Chelsea get Lukaku, Manchester United, I believe, get about 50-something million dollars in straight cash, so... Yeah, I'm okay with that. But, JD, I know we talked about our predictions before, but does this move make Chelsea a contender? Um, I'm going to say the same thing I said last year to myself because I don't think we brought it up on the podcast. But um, last year, Chelsea brought in Hakim Ziyech. They brought in Timo Werner. They brought in Kai Havertz. Did that make them title contenders? At the time, yes. Were they? No. Does bringing Lukaku into the fold? Like, I... I... I'm hesitant. Because of last summer. The amount of money they spent last summer bringing in big-name stars to make them contendable. Like... I, I I don't know. I don't know. I I am 50-50 on this. On the, on this move in general, 
but also just making them title contenders. I, it could, it, it could happen. This could be the missing piece. This, like, Lukaku and Werner playing off each other could be incredible. With and then Kyle Havertz making deep runs from the midfield, that could be the greatest trio ever. It could be. I I just don't know after last summer. Seeing Kai Havertz and Timo Werner and Ziyech play last summer, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't right, have I mean, a good answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> time will tell. In a time short will t- time. I mean, well, we'll see how well, good Lukaku's going to be. Time is always and forever undefeated. Now on to our next question. Really quickly, not a question. This one comes from Nicholas underscore Dyrich underscore why are you so bad at transfer predictions that's because oh here we, we thought go. Th- yeah that's because we just didn't think that we completely forgot the Russian oligarch like side of Chelsea we totally forgot that you know what what, what is Roman Abramovich we just forgot that when he wants something he goes and gets something we were thinking about it logically and we forgot that Chelsea doesn't do things logically. And it's the same thing with Grealish. And you know what? Guess what? Which other transfer did we say wasn't going to happen? I'm going to look back at my notes and just guarantee that all those are going to happen. But we move on. Dom Dom 1033 If Newcastle can keep Wilson and uh, St. Maximum healthy, can they finish in the top half of the table? JD, I'll have you start this one first. Do you think if their two best offensive talents, you know what? I'll even add Miguel Almarone. If they have their three best offensive talents staying healthy this year, does Newcastle have the opportunity to finish top ten? See, you're you're leaving out their best attacking element in Ryan Fraser. I have pulled for Ryan Fraser. All of last season, he is a fantastic player. And I know this is not relevant to the question, but Ryan Frazier is, is a fucking baller. He is so fucking good. On his day, he is so good. But yes, if they can keep Wilson healthy, if they can keep uh, Miguel Amarone healthy, if they can keep Alan St. Maximin healthy, maybe, maybe, I... I think that they'd be put if they can keep all those players healthy, they're pushing Arsenal for that for that number ten position. It's a meme now. I I just I it, it's it, it's funny at this point that I'm considering Arsenal in the same breath as Newcastle. But yeah, I they if they can keep all their players healthy, they have a good team. All right, well, I mean, I, I, I said it at the beginning of the episode. I think if, you know, Newcastle, like, again, it's it's exactly Dom Dom 1033. It's exactly as you said it. Yeah, I think they can. I think if Newcastle can stay healthy, that was Newcastle's biggest issue last year. And that's why I said that Newcastle was nowhere near my relegation battle because if they can stay healthy, this is a team that can pull out results. Their worst part of the season, where I think they went like nine or ten straight games without a victory and only like a few points, is because all of their best players were injured. They couldn't do anything about it. I get it. Everyone wanted to blame Steve Bruce, but when you only have a team of a few really good players and those players all get hurt, I mean, look at Liverpool. When Liverpool lost their best players, the entire team 
just could not keep up. And it's the same thing. So we move on. We finish up with back-to-back questions from our boy Trevor. Trevor, how are you doing? Thank you so much for giving us the follow, the listen. You are awesome. Okay, well, I said nice things to you, Trevor. Let's friendly. Let's let's remind that. Um, what three teams do you th- see getting relegated? Will Burnley be one of them? So we were talking about this already at the beginning of the episode. I don't believe JD had Burnley going down, but I did. I had Burnley. Uh, I I had them singing Fallout Boy because Sugar, we are going down swinging. JD, you didn't have Burnley. Burnley staying up in your predictions, right? Yes, and the thing is, I would I, I would love Burnley to be relegated so much. Sean Dyche is a piece of shit. The way he the way he plays his teams, I, I I would love Burnley to go down. I just I I keep I keep wishing for it and it doesn't come true. So I'm just not going to predict it. I I would love for it to happen, but if if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. So, take that as you will. Yeah, I mean... Love you, Trev. Yeah, it's... it's we've, We finish up with our final question. Again, Trevor, thank you. And by the way, thank you every single last one of you guys for submitting a fan question. Uh, we don't really care if it's MLS, EPL. Hell, JC, if you throw in some French League questions, we'll find an answer for it. But our final question this evening is, if Manchester United do not win a trophy this season, is it time to sack Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer and hire a new manager? I'll go first on this one. Do I think they should fire Ollie? No. And the reason why is, is because in his tenure, there's been a massive culture change. When Ollie got here, no one wanted to play for Manchester United. They were not able to get big-name talent. No one wanted to come here. Paul Pogba was on the verge of leaving on a free again. Marcus Rashford almost left on a free. There were a lot of, like, people did not want to stay or play at Manchester United. Since Ollie has taken over, he's taken a toxic culture, made it a very good culture, getting these guys to sign long-term deals, bringing in big-name talent, bringing in players like Bruno, like Sancho, like Varane, cleaning out some of the deadwood. He's gotten rid of a lot of players like Alexi Sanchez, Chris Smalling, Ashley Young, a lot of these guys who are just deadwood on the page, on the payroll. Ollie's done very good things. He's done literally everything besides win a trophy. This is a project. If he gets the time and continues to get the support support financially backed from the ownership, Manchester United will win trophies under Ole. Do I think it'll happen this year? I hope it will, but I mean, it's really, really hard to think. The season's very long. Injuries can happen. I mean, we're already starting the season off with a couple stars not being on the lineup. It's tough. It's tough to really think, I think, United's almost there, but I think firing Ollie right now would be criminal to the entire process that's been started. So, JD, to finish it up, if Manchester United do not win a trophy this year, should Ollie be fired? No, he should not, because I love Manchester United not winning trophies. That that's I mean, hey, I love it. Hey, that's I love it. Good spin, good spin zone. 
good spin zone on a very I, you know I, I'm gonna agree with topic. everything you said except for the except for the fact that you think that it will come down the road. I I want United to stick with Ali for the next twenty years because uh, I don't well, think they're winning anything with him. <laughs> everyone everyone remember JD said that because then when Ali wins like six or seven oh, Premier God. League titles, I want to remember that JD said, man, I hope Ali stays for 20 years. Yeah, JD, so do I. Um, other news, I mean, we really didn't talk about it. We really didn't even write it down. You've already heard it from your favorite soccer podcast, not us. Messi went to PSG. Uh, football is ruined. Uh, yeah. 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 Rest what, what's rest... financial fair play? What nope, what, what, it, what it. is financial fair play? Nope. I don't even. Again, it's Never a topic it. I didn't. It's a topic I didn't even want to discuss, but hell, I said it anyway. So, guys, let us know your opinion on everything that we said today. I mean, of course, reach out to us: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, bully, hell, reach us bully out. Bully Matt. Bully Matt. Yeah. On, on social media, I don't. I don't run any of the social medias. I'm just here to record the podcast and give my takes. Uh, Matt yeah. runs the front of this podcast. He runs the Twitter and the and the Instagram. And on it's at EPL Boys on Instagram, and I think it's at at EPL Boys on Twitter. I don't know. I'm I'm not a Twitter person. Uh, I don't know what we tweet. Uh, I, I I don't use it. I think it's very toxic. Um, I actually advise you to not use Twitter in general. I hope that company goes bankrupt. I think it has before, <sighs> but um yeah. Uh, I just bully Matt in the comments of whatever social media you use just please please i need i need this because i'm I, i'm not affected by it i don't see it i just i just hear what matt has to say about it so jd yeah. just jd jd just sees me turn on my camera every monday and thursday and just watches me start to cry and he's like oh okay cool so social media must be going really really well but guys Yes, it's exactly as I said. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all the latest with the EPL boys as well. As well, you can always... (laughs) God damn it, JD. As well, you can find us on every single streaming service. Yes, that's correct. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever your hearts desire, you can find us. So guys, as always, we greatly appreciate you all Boys and girls, the EPL boys are back, and so is the Premier League. Guys, I don't know about you. I might have a hard time sleeping because I am just so excited. Good luck to everyone. Hopefully your team wins the league. Um, for Brentford fans, I, I'm, I'm talking to you too. Good, good luck. So, guys, as always, my name is Matt. This is JD. Guys, be safe. Be well. See you guys next week. Peace out.